Welcome back to Three Blokes and the Oblique Podcast. It is the last day of our top five profiles of every position in 2020. Slightly different today. We are going to go with the coaches. Obviously, there's usually 16 coaches in the NRL, but there's been a lot of ins and outs this year, especially in the lower half of the table. So it'll be very interesting to see who everybody has uh, picked for their top five. So, Josh McVitie, we'll cover to you first, buddy. Yeah, perfect. Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, number five, and I think he'll be further up the list this next season coming, but number five for me is Justin Holbrook. I think he completely and utterly changed the Gold Coast Titans and their fortunes. Not once did he stray away from the path that he was trying to lay with them, even when the results weren't going the way, and he kept fully committed to getting the results with that playing group, what he's got, and building on it for the future, you know, by signing Tino, etc., for the future, but still managing to get his squad where he wanted them when he currently has. And he wasn't scared to make big decisions this season, you know. He axed players, he dropped players, he shifted stuff about. Ash Taylor missed a few games. Shannon Boyd, who were a rep player a few years ago, he dropped him and now he's retired. He's not scared to put the hard work in and try new blokes out. Jamal Foggett is really coming to his own this year. <coughs> AJ Brimson's kicked on another great season. You know, he must have great confidence in his players because he's letting blokes like uh, Jay Arrog leave the club and obviously they've, they've replaced him well, but, you know, he, 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 he let him go before he brought anyone else in and for me, that's just great confidence in his players. Uh, he brought an attacking brand to the Gold Coast, I think, this season. Uh, they've really they've not been scared to play at teams, especially the big teams, when they normally just be trying to play to keep a decent scoreline. They've really gone at teams this season. We've seen by the, the results what they've got. That they, they, they can throw the ball about a fair bit when they get going. So, number four for me is Todd Payton. You know, his ability to remain calm and collected while everything goes off around him is phenomenal. It's astronomical. You've got to look at what they've had to put up with this season at the Warriors. He's been huge. I want, I'm going to say now, I, I think North Queens will have a huge, potentially a huge future with Todd Payton. I think he'll instill discipline and hard work into that side. I think it could go really well. It uh, changed the fortunes of the Warriors overall. You know, he, he didn't just change the results-wise, but he got them playing hard-nosed rugby and made teams know they've been in the game like they used to do, and not just, uh, oh, we've got Warriors this week, we'll turn them over with a pretty simple game. The big thing is as well, what we don't, what we don't remember a lot is he, he lost big names through this season. You know, RTS missed a few games. Both wingers went home and they were playing with blokes who were having to come in on loan and they were making these blokes want to play for him. You know, and the, the biggest thing for myself is he's had to face such adversity with a playing group that's been demoralised and he's been emotional for them. They've been away from home and he's managed them to get them playing well and having a go at teams, you know, and they've, they've become everyone's second team. And, you know, he's done it without stars and he's done it with blokes who probably wouldn't get a game at other teams. And for me, he's just really, really achieved well this season. So I think fair play to Todd Payton for that. I'm sure Jed's looking forward to him in charge at North Queensland next year. Number three, it's old sticky, sticky Ricky Stewart. For me, it's, it's easy for me to sit here and run over by him because I think he's incredible. But his ability to get players to fall in love with Canberra and that club and they're willing to die for him and that club. It's incredible. You look at that squad and you don't ever see any players really unhappy. Everyone's involved. And just, just, just a credit to the club, you know. The faith he's got in the youngsters is huge. Look at how 
only debut he's ended out. And obviously, I know he were a dead rubber game against the Sharks, but he still had the confidence in them players to give him a game and just say, go out and enjoy yourselves. He even came out week before saying he's not over bothered about the result. Just enjoy yourselves and, you know, it's your debut, reasons to remember. Uh, big thing for me this season with Ricky Stewart is we've got to remember that there have been eight to 12 first-teamers out of that Canberra team, virtually all given points, varying numbers out, varying players out. Luton Hodgson was massive. Everybody, including myself, probably wrote Canberra off as soon as Hodgson went. You know, everyone was asking questions, who was going to fill in, where they're going to be. You know, he's guided into a fifth and one game away from the big dance without key players. Corey Osborne has been missing. You know, I could, I could keep rattling them off. Bailey Simonson, you know, he, these players would get in any other sides and he's managed to get new players in from the system at the club and get them to perform really well. And just finishing outside just the top four, it's, that's big for me. You know, I think there's a big, you know, there's a big year coming up and obviously there's a lot going on with Tom Style in a minute, but he's come out straight away and he's defended him. You know, he's jumped in and I think you, you can't buy that. Number two for me, probably no surprise, it's Craig Bellamy. It's just it's someone everyone loves to have a moan about, but wow, can he get a result from players? His, his ability to get players up in general is great, but what the, what the most impressive thing for me is, it's his ability to consistently motivate blokes who've been there and done everything so many times and get them want to go out and get that result again. You know, Can you imagine sitting there telling Cam Smith that he needs to get side up for this game coming at the weekend when he's just playing against someone just a normal fixture? Bellamy manages it week in, week out, and that's no, obviously, I believe Smith does it himself, but, you know, he, he's still got a lot of big, he's got a lot of big names in that changing room as well, and they all respect him, and they all do as he say, and there's never a lot of controversy coming out of Melbourne. You never hear about anyone doing anything that shouldn't be recently. Obviously, Munster loves to go on a bender, but who doesn't? Um, and he backs himself and that squad to deliver every time. He's got blokes like Brent Coley playing Origin this season. And he's found Justin Olam, injected him with some granite and made him probably one of the best centres in the league. You know, he's absolutely solid. 323 wins while he's been at Melbourne. You know, that's 69% overall. That's, that's I can't think of any better. It's absolutely amazing. And it, it, obviously, they've got a bit of a reputation to like the wrestle at Melbourne. So he must be doing something right because teams are trying to replicate what he's doing. And for me, it's just, you know... It, even at superlatives of Craig Bellamy as you do Cam Smith and at number one who I would imagine both you boys have got is Ivan Cleary you know I think he's completely and utterly changed the Penrith fortunes around it's not been an overnight success by any stretch of imagination you know he's built at it and but I think that's a credit to how hard working he's got that team how hard working he is and the faith he's got in his own judgement by letting big players go like Jimmy Maloney and obviously this year he's letting Mansour go time has gone but he's letting these big players go and then he's getting the players who have the ability to play above the level they already are. Look at Happy Commissar this year. We all know he's a good player and he's got a good ability, but he's been absolutely electric this year. Um, you know, they were, they were so close to, to winning, but I think they'll come back hungry and I think he'll have them in a better position for the next season. You know, they're a year older, they're a year more experienced and they've been in the big dance. So, you know, imagine having to go to Fort Mountains now when it's a fortress already, but when they've got that grand final experience. So, you know, he's been he's been phenomenal like his son for me this year. So my top five is number five, 
Justin Albrook, number four, Todd Payton, number three, Ricky Stewart, number two, Craig Bellamy, and number one, Ivan Cleary. What about you, Jed? Um, I've actually got the exact same five, mate, but just in a slightly different order. Um, so probably shows the kind of season that it's been that we're getting similar kind of names here. In fifth position, I've gone sticky. Um, I do agree with a lot of your, the things that you said there. However, I probably would think that Canberra going into this season, if you take out the injuries, would really be looking to push on and, and achieving that grand final and achieving that win, obviously building on from the previous seasons. Unfortunately, the curveballs that has been thrown at him and probably in terms of if you take worries out of the situation, probably had the hardest season in terms of the injuries and what they've had to come through. But he's, he just, like you said, he just continuously managed to get players up for it, losing big name, losing big name players. Obviously, John, Johnny Bateman, best second row in the world last year, was out for the majority of the season. He only played like seven, eight games. And all the off-field issues that that had in itself. So to continuously get Canberra challenging. And for the playoffs, I thought that they were my tip to win it. I thought they were playing excellent footy. And uh, unfortunately, just fell a little bit short. But... I feel like if they can keep a, a fully fit 17, then they've definitely got to be one of the one of the tips to win it next year. And they definitely need to, in my opinion. I think that will be the standard that they've set for themselves. And I don't think they'll accept anything le- anything less. I think getting to the grand final is a minimum and winning it is a must next season. In fourth position, I've gone Todd Payton. I feel like the, the, the cards that they were dealt due to obviously unforeseen circumstances that we can't control and the way that Todd Payton completely changed the the mindset of the Warriors should not be overstated. Um, it was absolutely massive. Uh, he completely transformed the club inside and out, and it was came to quite a, a shock. I mean, after the first six games, uh, the Warriors had won two and lost four. So obviously not the best start, but it's not as if they'd been pasted six games in a row before uh, Stephen Kearney got the chop. But coming into him and what a, what a smart and, and shrewd move that was. And I think the fir- his first game in charge, they got pasted 50 points to six by Melbourne. And it could have been really easy for him to come out and say, oh, we're doing it really tough at the moment. We've got players missing. We're and he didn't really do any of that, which I do admire because he had every reason to do that. But came out and just sort of give it to, to his players in the media, obviously in, in a constructive way, saying that it's not good enough and it's not the standards that, that he expects. And that really built on from the rest of the season. And maybe if the, if the season had gone on a little bit longer, like if it had been normal length, 24 games, you might have even seen Warriors squeeze into that final playoff position because they were really pushing for it in the end. But unfortunately, they just run out of games. I'm very excited to have him at Cowboys next season. And I think he'll instill a little bit of discipline that we saw we need at the moment and, and don't seem to have. And I think he will be massively beneficial for that club and I think we'll bounce back next season mainly because due to the impact that he will have behind the scenes in third position I've gone Justin Holbrook um, probably my favourite coach at the moment just because of the dramatic turnaround again um, it, Titans were probably my tip and a lot of other people's tip to get the spoon this year um, and after three games I had no reason to think that was the wrong decision um, the first three games they got beat 24-6 by Canberra 46-6 by Parra and then got beat 36-6 by the Cowboys when the Cowboys were not looking good at all. Um, they really needed that extended break due to COVID and I think Holbrook knew that. He knew that this season wasn't going to be, I'm going to come in and fix all the issues that we've got. It very much was a building season but I even think that he would be surprised by the amount of progress that they've actually made and continue to make building on for next season. Key players coming in. Uh, having faith in players like Jamal Fogarty, who a lot of people would have thought that he sort of missed his chance to to, to play in the NRL, uh, making a, a real impact this year um, at 27 years old. Got Ash Taylor playing well. 
Um, got a lot of the players who've been cast off from other, people, other clubs playing well. Proctor, again, who would probably, a lot of people would say that he's sort of a little bit past it now, but again, given the captaincy and really led from the front with that squad. Tyrone Peachy in spells playing well, and even when he wasn't playing well, he, he let him know it and dropped him. And I think that's the kind of player that you need. He, he's uh, cut his teeth over here with St. Helens and now showing what a good coach that he can be. And I'm, I'm really excited, probably along with the Panthers. The Titans are one of the most exciting teams in the competition next season. I'm, I, I really think they're going to get a playoff spot. And Justin Albrook, the way that he's transformed that club, is, is a big reason for that. In second position, I've got Craig Bellamy. Again, I can't really add anything further to what Joss has said, but in terms of the greats of the game, continuously getting up to it, sort of comparing to sort of like a Fergie at Man United, how even when they have players out and players missing, uh, they lose big players. They somehow just kind of replace them and, and just keep keep churning out these performances. I can't think of the... I don't even know of a time, apart from when they got docked points, that, that Melbourne haven't finished in the top eight. Which, should, which is a testament to them. I could probably do that with the majority of the other clubs, but I couldn't do that with Melbourne. Um, I could even do it with Roosters because they had a bad season about three years ago where they, did, where they finished like 12th, 13th. But again, you just can't really do that with Storm. And a lot of that has come down to Craig Bellamy. When he's got play, I mean, he has been helped by the the allure of talent that he's had, obviously, with your Smiths, Cronks, Slaters, and now the new rising talent of, of Munster, who's still relatively young, Pappenhausen. Um he just can't, like Josh says, he continuously gets them up for it. And I don't really know what, what I could say. Um, he will go down as one of the best coaches to have ever graced rugby league. No one would ever doubt that. And I don't really know what else. I think I don't think he's got long left. I don't think he's a person, he's, he's a coach like Bennett who will just stay around taking on new challenges. I feel Bellamy will be think that he's achieved everything that he has to achieve. And, and I don't think in five years, I don't think he'll be coaching anymore and, and he'll be happy with his contribution to rugby league as a whole. And I think we're very grateful to have seen him do that in our lifetimes. Number one for me, of course, has got to be Ivan Cleary. Um, not many people would say that Panthers would even make the playoffs this season, um, let alone absolutely dominate the league that they had and just come up short in a grand final against, obviously, the most dominant team of the last 20 years in the Melbourne Storm. He's got a young group of players playing very exciting, expansive rugby and has turned a lot of them into origin players. You think of the likes of Isaiah Yeo now making origin, Stephen Crichton now making origin. Um, obviously, Nathan Clare is an origin, not obviously a veteran, but this is like his fourth origin series now. Um, and he's sprinkled in, obviously, you've got a few of them experienced heads, such as Jimmy Tam, who is leaving, Josh Mansour, who is rumoured to be leaving, but got a real cohesion. And even when you've had slight little discrepancies off the pitch, such as obviously Nathan Cleary with his um, with his TikTok shenanigans, he's, they don't let it ever affect their their ability on the pitch, and that's what I love about it. He keeps them all really grounded, um, and I think he'll, the Panthers have got a, a heading into the same mould as the Storm if they can bounce back. Obviously, this will be a really big season for him in twenty twenty one. A lot of people now will be expecting them to produce. They didn't have any pressure on them really in in, in twenty twenty, and I think that helped them. But now going into 2021, there will be a lot of pressure on them to keep up um, the pace that they've set for themselves. And I'm excited to see what they can do. Uh, but what he's achieved this, this year is amazing. He should be applauded for that. Um, so my top five are Ricky Stewart. In fourth, just, in fourth, Todd Payton. In third, Justin Albrook. In second, Craig Bellamy. And first, Ivan Cleary. Over to you, Mr. Robinson. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I, have, I have four of your fives. Fives? Um, but yeah, pretty much the same consensus as what you boys have said, really. So, I mean, 
I won't go too in depth on the, on the majority because you've said pretty much everything I would have said, but just offering my opinion. So I put in number five, I put Tony Payton. Obviously, he didn't have a full season with, with the Warriors, but I think if he had a full season himself and if it was a 24 game season, Warriors would have 100% been in the playoffs along with the Gold Coast Titans. I think they would have replaced the Knights and the Sharks definitely in a 24 game season. Um, just, to, just to back up what you were saying, Jed, when he actually came into the club, they were 14th. Um, and they only had two wins from this first six games. He then won six of the last 14 and ended up finishing just obviously four points off the top eight. Um, and obviously losing that one of the last games to the Cronulla Sharks, which would have potentially pipped them as well. It's just an, obviously he's a very resilient coach. Um, he actually started out with the Cowboys coaching in 2014 um, under Paul Green. So he obviously knows that club very well. He, he, was, a, he was a huge fan favourite at us boys at the Tigers and obviously started at you boys, Joss, at the Raiders. Played um, about 90 games, I think, at the Raiders. 140 at the Tigers and, and played at the Roosters. <coughs> um, obviously won a premiership at us, but he just seems a very resilient um, coach, very disciplined coach, which is what benefits a lot of teams, the NRL too. Um, and like you said, Joss, you took the words out of my mouth, Ken Mamalo, David Fusatua, um, a lot of players leaving mid-season and they ended up getting a lot of cast-offs. George Jennings, Danny Alvaro, uh, Jack Hetherington. NRL standard players, don't get me wrong, but not in their mould of the Warriors type of players um, obviously not being in that squad for a long period of time, so they had to acclimatise very quickly. And so did Todd Payton, who was obviously under Stephen Kearney. And at that point, me personally, and I know you boys might have been the same, the Kearney sacking or the Kearney leaving was was quite a surprise because there was a lot of other coaches under a lot more fire than, than Kearney at that point. Um, but Toddy Payton's turned them around massively and obviously instilled a lot of resilience, I keep saying that word, in a season where the Warriors needed that too. Um Cowboys are on for a, a really good next couple of years, I feel. I think the Cowboys, Jed, you'll probably know more than me, but they don't seem to have a litany of, of brilliant youth players coming through. So I think they might rely on a bit more recruitment-wise. Um, but I mean, Tony Payton, he's, he's got the world in his hands, obviously. He's got a lot of big money stashed into Valentine Holmes, Mick, Michael Morgan and, and Tamalolo there. So he's going to be stitching up a lot of holes there, I believe. But I don't think you'll be in the bottom four next year. I think you might be in that bracket and potentially could sneak a playoff spot if everyone stays fit and uh, and Tony Payton puts his mentality in that club. I think he'll, he'll have a very good couple of years or depending on how long he stays there. Number four, I've put the old man himself, I've put Wayne Bennett. Um, unbelievable season. I had to put him up there purely for the State of Origin win. Obviously, I know we're trying to base it off 2020 as a whole, not just the NRL. And, and one unbelievable series. He, he had everyone, everyone uh, on tenterhooks. He, he knew what he was doing. You know, releasing injury reports the day before the game to get sympathy for, the, for Queensland, letting the letting the media put out that it's the worst Queensland side ever, instilling this this belief into players like DC and Papali, who've been there a long time and, and who have been really wanting to get one over on New South Wales. Is is putting over twelve to thirteen rookies in in the Queensland side this year and still come up trumps. He knows exactly what he's doing with players like Cameron Munster. Um, and AJ Brimson as well that they they play they play really well under pressure and obviously for the Bunnies too they started off quite slowly um, I, rem- I remember thinking kind of mid-season if they'd even get into the top eight um, Adam Adam Reynolds had a period where he was playing excellent rugby league um, Cody Walker's obviously a bit up and down and Damien Cook hasn't massively been on form this year Latrell Mitchell's obviously had a um, a decent year at fullback but had, had a big injury um, and Wayne Bennett is just kind of totted through and, and, and ridden, ridden the waves and he knows exactly what he's doing and got into a prelim final third season in a row that the Bunnies have been there and obviously second season in a row for Bennett 
Um, I think it'll be very tough this year. I know they've got Jai Arrow coming in. Um, they've released James Roberts, obviously, to, to the Tigers. But I think the Bunnies will definitely be there in 2021. Um, I'm not sure they'll be as good as they have been in the past couple of years, though. Um, number three, Justin Albrook. I totally agree with Jed, probably my favourite coach of this year. We've obviously seen him develop over in Super League with St. Ellen's, and he was at the Roosters Academy as well before. Very much an attacking style coach. He's got a lot of flair as well. And you can see that with the players that he's purchased for next year or had a hand in recruiting. Yeah, Fafita, Tino Fas, Malawi. Huge attacking threats. Patrick Herbert in the centre as well. We know he's a, he's a very try-scoring type centre for the Warriors earlier on this season and season's gone by. And I think, much as you say, Jed, up with the Penrith Panthers and the Roosters, if they kick on, they, they have got some attacking flair and, and they'll be my tip to finish in the top eight. Um, he's, he's given a new lease of life to Ash Taylor, who has, who has performed, started to perform finally with someone like um, Jamal Fogarty, who has been given his chance. And he's kind of instilled a second wind in people like AJ Brimson, Tyrone Peachy, Kevin Proctor, um, who were seen as good NRL players, but AJ Brimson wasn't exactly setting the world alight. And you look at the, the end of the season, players like him, players like Philip Sammy, Jared Wallace, Jairo, um, Milwaukee Fotowaka, and then obviously you've got Fafita and Fasa Malawi coming in, all origin type players. Um, beautiful side. Obviously, he's, he, he has to instill a lot of patience because the same happened with St. Ellen's. They hadn't won a lot before he came to the club in 2016, I believe it was, 2015, 2016. Um, and obviously, he's, he's instilled a lot of brilliant youth recruitment at St. Ellen's as well, which is continuing to this day. They've just won back to back premierships over, the, over, in our, over there, over here. Um, and the Titans will perform very well. I think if they continue with Holbrook and, and instill that patience and attacking flair, I think they could be a top eight side for the next couple of years as well. And, and barring injury, I think they'll do very, very well next year. And I think they'll definitely be a team to watch when we do our NRL previews. Top two, lads, you're going you're gonna to be very angry at me. I put Ivan Cleary at number two. Um, yeah, I think I'd have put him at number one if he'd have won the Premiership. I obviously had a very good year with, with Penrith. Outstanding year, obviously. Come out of nowhere. Not many people even predicted him to finish in the top eight. Unbelievable unbeaten run of, of 18 games. 18 or 19 games. It just slips my memory now. Um, improved pretty much every single player in that squad. Who, like you said, Jed, Isaiah, you um, were, were great players before, but he's made them origin standard. Obviously, he's got his son, Nathan Clare, who is now arguably the best player in the world. He's instilled this this continued youth development. Stephen Crichton, Brian Toto. I mean, I could I could go through the entire team. Dylan Edwards, um, James Fisher Harris. He's it, kind of been there for a lot of years. Obviously, they had that five year plan, which is now probably developed into a ten year plan. And I think looking into the future, I think they will be um, the Melbourne Storm with the next ten years. They have got such good youth recruitment and youth development coming through that they rarely give. NRL debuts to players that didn't start at other clubs. A lot of NRL players who play for the Penrith Panthers started at the Penrith Panthers, which is an unbelievable feat in itself when you look at other clubs, specifically recruitment-type clubs like like the West Tigers, for example. I'll, I'll use my club. We, we, we very rarely bring a lot of players through. We kind of try and recruit from other players, other teams, sorry, but Penrith Panthers, what a club they are. And when, when Phil Gould and obviously Anthony Griffin a couple of years ago had this five to ten year plan, Ivan Cleary looks to be continuing that and I think they'll definitely be up there in the top four and, and making another grand final this year. He's, he's turned them around massively. Um, number one for me is the best coach I've ever seen um, is Craig Bellamy. He's unbelievable and I think he's, he's, 
I know you mentioned he's obviously an Alex Ferguson, but of rugby league, but I would probably almost he's almost more like a Bill Shankly to me in terms of that he's bringing he's he's, he's having different generations of teams. But unlike Ferguson, obviously we don't want to go to football, but he started recruiting a lot more players and had more of an eye for, for other clubs. But Craig Bellamy is either recruiting very young players from other clubs, bringing through a lot of good youth development from Queensland, or he's buying players purely for character from other clubs. So, you know, like Dale Finucane wasn't much anything. I know he played in a grand final for the Bulldogs, but he signed him purely because of his character. Josh Adokar, Ryan Pappenhausen came from the Tigers, weren't exactly lighting the world alight, and suddenly they're the best winger in the world and potentially one of the best fullbacks in the world. Um, and I think what he makes, it, people say that he makes average players, world-class players. I don't believe that. I think he just works on players' strengths a lot more than other clubs do. He doesn't put players in positions where they're going to be open to their weaknesses. Um, and everyone has said over the past couple of years, they had the big four with G.I., Cronk, Slater and Smith. G.I. left, Falau's left, Slater's left, Cronk's left, and there's just him and Smith. And they're still winning grand finals. They're still winning grand finals. It's absolutely ridiculous. And when Smith, you know, we're recording this a couple of weeks before Christmas and Smith still hasn't announced his retirement. Um, if he does announce his retirement, I still think they'll go on and win stuff. They've got people like Pappenhausen, Cameron Munster, Harry Grant. Um, Brandon Smith today has actually announced that he wants to leave. But you've got Big Nelson, Asafa Solomon, um, the Bromwich brothers. They just keep recruiting and they just keep going through. Um, he had, Craig Bellamy did actually announce this year on 100% footy with um, James Bracey and Phil Gould that this year will hopefully be his last year at the Melbourne Storm. He wants to go into more of a, a, um, a rugby league development type role. I would love to see him at a new Brisbane side. I know they're potentially introducing a 17th club to the NRL in the next couple of years, potentially at a Redcliffe or another Brisbane side. I'd love to see Greg Bellamy there. Um, you boys can correct me if I'm wrong. I think he's actually a New South Welshman. Um, is Craig Bellamy. I'm not 100% sure. So him going up to Queensland will be something new. Obviously, he played predominantly in Canberra. So he's, he's going around the States as well. Um, but what an unbelievable block. It seems to turn um, everything into gold and, and he's won another premiership as well. Um, unbelievable squad, unbelievable coach. And I think just pips Ivan Cleary for me in 2020 for winning that premiership. But I mean, Ivan Cleary will probably, probably be the best coach in the world in the next couple of years as well, barring anything from, from anyone else. But I mean, boys, we've obviously predicted the majority there. I've gone Peyton, Bennett, Holbrook, Cleary and Bellamy. And obviously you boys have put in Sticky as well. Um, I'd, I'd have probably tied Sticky in there if I could have done, but um, it's so hard. There's, there's been a lot of good quality coaches. And I think ne next year in 2021, um, obviously with, with you, look, you look at teams outside of the top eight, like Michael Maguire is a very established coach as well. Um, and people like John Morris and Adam O'Brien are slowly coming through at the Knights and the Sharks. And you've got Toddy Pitt and you've got Justin Albrook, um, Kevin Walters at the Brisbane Broncos as well. You've got Trent Barrett trying it, trying it again, Desi Asler at Manly, and obviously all your top eight coaches as well. It's going to be a big year in terms of coaching development. And uh, I don't know about you, Jed and Joss, but I think it's, it's going to be a very exciting season on all front in 2021. Yeah, yeah I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited to see how it is. Uh, hopefully, COVID-wise, everything will calm down. There'll be no well, like t fixtures changing. Obviously, hopefully, Melbourne can play in Victoria. I know the Warriors have said that they are going to obviously start the season in the in the Central Coast, but hopefully that'll just be that, and then they can go back home and obviously settle base. 
But yeah, I'm hoping for a good season. Uh, I think it's going to be quite an unpredictable season, and hopefully a, a change in the in the in the shift at the top, and maybe Titans can push on. Um, maybe Paramount can finally make that jump and be more consistent. Broncos will. There's a lot of questions to ask, uh, a lot of questions to be answered. But one thing I know, I'll be looking forward to reviewing it with you boys every step of the way. Awesome stuff. I mean, obviously, we've got Barry McDermott coming up tomorrow, but that is our last podcast for 2020 and potentially, obviously, into the foreseeable future. We are filming a few interviews in January, but we're aiming to come back just before the season on the 11th of March, which is Super League and the NRL. We will be um, filming a a Super League and NRL preview, which we'll be releasing individually. Um, We're yet to determine how we're actually going to release that, but we'll have every single club preview. We'll be talking through our predicted lineups. We'll be talking through who we think will be a standout player from that club and where they will finish. Um, and Jed is going to try and tell us why the Cowboys are going to finish top four. I'm unsure as to why he believes that. But um, we, we've got a litany of stuff coming up and we've potentially got some very good um, broadcasting progression development as well that we might be able to announce coming in. Um, Merry Christmas to all. So we've got Barry McDermott tomorrow. Merry Christmas, Jed. Merry Christmas, Joss. And, and thank you, everybody, for listening. Mm. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas everyone.